This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. We are slowly crawling our way up to 75. I'll call that a milestone. What's going on today? Today's show is from February the 28th in 2012. It is a double header with Mr. Teddy Reader, my favorite Canadian and probably one of my all-time favorite food entertainers. Let's jump right into it. I'll let you figure out what's going on. Here's Greg and Teddy from February 28th, 2012. Joining me now is a regular contributor to the show. He is, of course, a crowd favorite. Many have made the personal plea to me in person and through email that this next guest should run for president of these United States. But, of course, that would be impossible. We might be eating and drinking better than ever if that were the case, but impossible nonetheless. Currently a 17-time author. 2011 will mark, I'm sorry, 2012 will mark the release of books 18 and 19. The master planker himself, we race over to the hotline and pull up Ted Reader. Ted, how are you, bud? Pretty good there. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous tonight. It's like you were under a veil of darkness over there in Canada. Is, is, is the power out over there? Well, it's, uh, you know, electricity costs a lot of money, so I'm just turning it down nice and easy tonight. Absolutely. We can try and we can brighten things up a little bit here i think yeah the, you know the uh, the central lights demand to see uh, top chefs in the industry like ted reader so whatever face that we can show out there that that looks very good that's uh, something that's almost kind of ghost-like in a, in a fashion uh, ted i'm going to imagine that at some point the recipes we talk about tonight will involve some type of planking in some form or fashion so if we could do kind of like this brief remedial course on planking and the general processes of doing it, and we can kind of build from there. All righty. Do you want me to turn some lights on in the background here? Uh, it's up to you. Seconds. All right. Yeah, two seconds of this. Let me play the Price is Right theme song. Whoa, there we go. Teddy! Oh, so much better. A star of stage and screen. <sighs> right, yeah, uh, re- yeah, remedial yeah. course on uh, planking. Absolutely. I have fun every day, Greg. You know, it, it's a good life I lead. I do love my life. I do love barbecue. All right. So, uh, Ted, if you could kind of give us this uh, brief remedial course on planking and, the, I guess, the benefits of it for the people that are just kind of, uh, maybe they don't know about you or maybe they're trying to think of other ways to infuse smoke flavor that don't have smokers. Well, planking is a hot, fast way of uh, smoking food. It's nice and simple. It's nice and easy. And if you don't have a smoker and you don't have the time to go super low and slow, you can infuse that wo- that, that flavor of wood smoke into food with the use of, uh, of a plank, whether it be cedar or maple or oak or pecan or hickory. All things can be planked, uh, what, not just salmon. I've planked things from cheese to uh, to baking cookies and breads on there. I've made lasagna on a plank, spaghetti and meatballs on a plank, Twinkies on a plank, mashed potatoes, shrimp, scallops, uh, burgers, dogs, you name it. I've planked it. I've spanked that plank in and out and all around. 
Uh, now, Ted, let me ask you this. Um, for the people, and, and I'm glad you mentioned all of these other things that you can actually do with planking, because I think you're right. A lot of people will pigeonhole planking into uh, salmon or some type of fish. They don't go right off and think about Twinkies necessarily. Uh, so what's proper way of prepping that plank and you know how many uses out of a plank can you get some information like that? Uh, philosophy on planks. Uh, one, soak minimum one hour in, uh, in cold water. That will keep the plank from igniting immediately as it goes onto a hot grill, whether it be gas or a charcoal grill. Uh, two, you're going to want to make sure that those planks aren't too thick. Uh, if you're doing a big piece of meat like a prime rib on a plank, you're going to want a board that's about an inch thick. But on average, uh, uh, you know, five-eighths of an inch or half an inch is just perfect thickness. Uh, to do things like burgers and mashed potatoes and, and, and crab cakes, if you wish. And then if you want to get into the specialty things, you know, building a box is a separate, is a separate entity uh, of that world of, of plank smoking. But um, and uses, I always say it this way, you get two uses out of a plank, once on your grill and once in your fireplace. So never waste the wood. <laughs> Use it as kindling to start the big bonfire or to fire up your smoker or your rig. Now, because you are known as the plank master or the master planker, is this a way of cooking that you kind of discovered yourself? Did you learn it from somebody, or is it something that you were taught growing up to use as a, a way to impart wood smoke into the food you're cooking? It, it, it a little bit of both. It was uh, some family heritage through uh, through my my father being an East Coaster, but planking traditionally started on the West Coast of uh, the Pacific Northwest in Canada and the United States uh, through the Haida Indians, and they would take whole fish and strap it between boards of cedar or alder wood and throw it into a hot smoldering fire and smoke that, uh, that, that fish. Um, one of my old chefs put it on as a special once, and this, this would go back into the, the early 80s, and he did a plank salmon recipe, but he baked it in the oven. And I just sort of started to adapt it and modify it uh, back in the early 90s. And then really uh, started to push from there and realized that you could do more than just uh, cook on a board just salmon. That you could cook anything you wanted to if you used your imagination and thought outside the box. I uh, countersink holes into planks and I call it the holy plank. <laughs> so you can infuse liquids and, and hold moisture in that plank as it steams. Or you can fill those reservoirs with butter and do escargot in a plank. I build boxes out of planks for baking cakes or making lasagnas or, or rigatoni mixed with a meat sauce or anything you want, uh, right down to a quiche if you do, if you do dare. Um, there's really, there's nothing, you know, you can, you can put legs on planks and stand them around a, a fire pit. You can, you can uh, well, I built a, a chili box so that you could smoke uh, jalapeno peppers that were stuffed. You really, you can do anything you want. It's just use your imagination and have some fun. Take it easy. If you don't have the time to get into smoking, and, and I had my smokers fired up today. I smoked some whitefish for my uh, father-in-law, and it came out absolutely delicious. There is nothing better than doing it old school, low and slow, tend the fire and let her go. But uh, sometimes if you're in a hurry, planking will give you a great flavor, and it is a hot, fast way of smoking food. Ted Reader joining us here on the show. The website, by the way, if you want to check him out, you can buy all these books. He's got books dedicated to planking with all these recipes. Ted Reader. 
com is the website. Uh, Ted, I'm sure you probably know, you know, for a lot of people, Lent started almost a week ago, uh, just past Wednesday. Typically, meat given up on Fridays. Do you have any Lenten-style barbecue or grilling recipes that you could share with us tonight that would help us through these next 33 days or so? 33 days of Lent. First, right. get yourself a bottle of Jack and just go live that way and say, forget about Absolutely. it. Uh, Bring it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Lent in my world. It, it, it's really, it's Friday night. I'm eating what I feel like eating. If it's a big, thick, juicy steak, that's what it's going to be done over the open fire. If, uh, if I feel like smoking some ribs, that's what I'll have. I believe you should get out there and cook. The, the purpose for me as a barbecue guy is not to, to go and compete, but it's to inspire everybody. I want you to get out there and fire up a grill or a smoker. And it doesn't matter if it's a gas grill or a, a tiny little charcoal hibachi or if it's the biggest rig you can afford. It's about getting in that backyard with your friends, with your family, and cooking delicious food and having fun. There's no rules. It's just about tastiness. All right, Ted. So there's a lot of folks who listen to this show just kind of getting into barbecue and grilling. People ask me the question all the time, what are these most essential tools that I need in order to get started on the right foot? I'm sure you get that question 50 times, 100 times a day, especially when you're doing classes and all these other public appearances. What are your go-to list of items for people? Well, number one, first thing, if you're planning on grilling or smoking, you're going to need a grill or a smoker. And so when you're looking for those, create a budget, do some research, and find something that's going to fit your style. You don't need to go outside the box too much, but starting off, always looking, look for something simple and easy so that you can start off and learn and get hooked and then build from there. But from a day-to-day accessory, I live by a really solid French knife, a really great pair of tongs. I use a 9-inch chef tong, standard ones, but they're heavy-duty. They don't, they don't break. I have beautiful spatulas that have been custom-made by, by a blacksmith for me. And uh, those I use for, for getting underneath fish on the grill, something that needs a little bit, something a little more delicate. Uh, I like an injector. I think a grill brush is a very important accessory for keeping your grill clean. And uh, definitely uh, this year, 2012, my number one favorite barbecue accessory will be a bottle of beer. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John, J-O-N, at the BBQCentralShow.com. Before we jump into the second segment of Greg and Teddy chopping it up, let me ask you, are you following the big show on social media? Easy to do, much appreciated. It is at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter, slash BBQ Central Show over on Facebook. Give the big show a follow, please. Much appreciated. I said that already. You get the drill. Hey, let's jump into it. Here is the second segment today of Greg and Teddy Reader from March 28, 2012. Uh, Ted, I know we have a couple books that are coming out this year for you. Do you have any projected release dates? Uh, we are looking mid-April is the Complete Idiot's Guide to Smoking Food that's going to come out across North America. And then um, it's part of that Idiot series. And then in uh, May, we will have uh, the release of my new book, Beerlicious, which is all about beer and barbecue. 101 recipes off the grill or off the smoker with 101 different beers. That sounds like a winner to me. 
<laughs> it's, well, there's 100, 101 recipes and easily 250 photos in this book. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's all about beer and barbecue. Um, my two favorite things. It's the, the art of grilling and chilling and sitting back in your backyard and going, man, this is the life. Every day I get up and I live barbecue. From the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed, I'm, I'm breathing it, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing it, I'm cooking it, and I love this business. And it doesn't matter if you're grilling a hot dog or you're smoking a pork shoulder. It's all about making it the best that you can every time you do it. Why have crappy food? Crappy barbecue is not for good people. Too, too short for crappy barbecue. Stuff. That's right. Uh, wise That's lady it. once told me in Canada that life is too short for bad barbecue. Ted Reader joining that us here on the show. Ted, I'm sure you've heard that Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3, there's going to be a new season. A lot of people were getting audition tapes out. Lots of rumors speculating now as far as teams that have made it on. Uh, I guess a couple-part question. Are you excited that it's back on the air? Did you bother trying out? And do you think that because of your culinary wiles and your background, you would have a better shot than most at winning this particular show? Wow. Um, I won't make any predictions. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing season three come out. No, I didn't audition for it. Would love to, but uh, I've got quite a busy 2012 this year. I don't know where I'd fit it in. Um, We've got a crazy season coming up. And I think that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Whether you be be Myron Mixon or you're going to be just that that new the newbie out there that's starting off in barbecue, the act of just trying it and doing it, I believe that life is is short and we should be nice and we should be flavorful and that's really all that matters. I wish all the competitors good luck. Anybody I see, I say good luck. I hope you win. Um, I don't really have a bad bone in my body. I just like everybody to be happy, man. <laughs> Yeah, one of the nicest guys ever, Ted Reeder, no doubt about it. Uh, Ted, I'm going to change gears completely on this, and I wanted to to get your take on this before I let you go. You know, very recently, Paula Dean had come out, revealed she had type 2 diabetes. Now, she had had it for, I think, the past three years. So, you know, I mean, you're a cook, you're on television, you have a lot of cookbooks, you know, similar, uh, maybe not to the extent of fame, that, but, you know, a similar drive that you have. Do you think that she dropped the ball on this? And I guess what I mean is, do you think that because of her status, the existing fan base, that she might have owed it to her public to announce it right away and then talked about how she is now going to encourage a healthier lifestyle, maybe better eating, but that her show on Food Network was still going to be a Southern comfort food-themed show and should have all of that had been addressed three years ago instead of just a handful of weeks ago? I think there's two different levels. Um, one, I think that uh, Paula Dean is a food entertainer, and her job is to entertain with food, as is my job. And whether I'm right and wrong in saying this, I, I think uh, her medical condition is a private issue, mm-hmm. and that she should have she kept it as private as long as she could. Um, you know, I'm a big guy. Could I have type two diabetes? Maybe I do. I have a lot of friends that have uh, have that uh, disease, and uh, it is something not to laugh about, but it is also something that within your own family and your own personal life that you have to deal with first before you can just go out there and say, hey, you know, some people say, well, maybe, you know, three years was a long time. It is what it is. I look at Paula Dean. she gets out there and she cooks crazy stuff. I do the same thing. It's not what I profess to eat every day. 
I want you to get out there and cook. And if I can get you excited about a dish, whether it be a little bit off the wall and crazy, I just want you in your backyard cooking. It's your lifestyle to determine what you're going to put in your mouth and how much you're going to put in your mouth. And you have to use your brain. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's you know, at some point you have to be accountable for yourself. And we can't blame Paula for not telling us. And we, we can't blame Paula, Paula for saying that, that all her food would make America fat. There's a lot of chefs out there that make crazy stuff. We do it to entertain. We want you to get excited about the food and we want you to cook. Cook to what you need to cook and create recipes for yourself. That's all I got to say about that. All right. So, Ted, and you kind of uh, helped me dovetail into this nicely. For the people that might want to mix a little more health into the menu, and you just kind of said yourself, it's not something that you eat every day, you know, what you see in your cookbooks and, you know, all these other you know, cooking shows that you, that's not how you eat every single day for three meals a day. What are some of the tips that people might be able to do to mix a little healthier into their menu without doing these big wholesale changes using words like diet and all that other stuff? Yeah, diet. Do you know what that spells? Failure. Die. <laughs> exactly. The words of diet are die. Okay? <laughs> and, and so I don't believe in diet. I believe in eating well. Um, have yourself a salad. Eat some vegetables. I had grilled chicken for dinner tonight. And as well, on top of that, uh, I, I had so we had grilled chicken and I had uh, steamed asparagus and broccoli and a big ass salad. That was a healthy dinner for me. You don't, you know, incorporate vegetables, whether they're going to be grilled or whether they're going to be steamed. But you don't have to load everything up with the butter and the cheese and the fats all the time. Take it easy. And yes, I'm saying this. And I know there's people out there that are probably falling off their stools <laughs> listening to this out of my mouth. But the bottom line is, um, really, you know, just slow it down and, and enjoy all foods. I like everything except for those tiny little things called Brussels sprouts, those horrible sour golf balls. Worst things ever. <laughs> but... Um, you know, it really, it, it's, it's, you, you need to eat in moderation. If, if I can quote Woody Harrelson from the movie Friends with Benefits, if you're fat, stop eating and you want to lose weight, right? That's it. You know, I'm a big guy. If I want to lose weight, really, I should stop eating. Um, but I love food. So I have to, you know, and I have lost weight. So you have to go in moderation. You have to slow it down a little. We can't run this engine on full speed forever. It's about to tick off and call it a day. Absolutely. Ted Reeder, a multiple-time author, got a couple new books coming out this year, a barbecue grilling expert and a regular contributor to this show, which we always appreciate and adore. Teddy, thanks for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Greg. Hello to everybody. and Just get out there and cook something. Low and slow, hot and fast. Just make it tasty. There he is, Cheers. Ted Reeder. Talk to you later, buddy. Joining us from the Great White North. Love Ted, man. Always bringing great takes. I could not agree more. Greg is 100% correct. Always great takes from Teddy. I am always entertained by Mr. Reader. He's coming to my funeral. That's what I hear. Anyway, you want to hear the rest of the show, head over to thebbqcentralshow.com. There will be a link in the show notes to take you to the complete episode. A lot of great information there. Hey, you want to poke around over there? Hit the search feature over on the bbqcentralshow.com. It's a pretty amazing search feature. Find out something. Find a show. Send me a note. 
Tell me you want to have a best of. Get a name mention. Thank you so much for checking out episode 73. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. I do look forward to talking to you again soon.